listening to our New Chapel podcast. We're for people to connect with God and be raised to new life in Christ. Be sure to connect with us at newchapel.com and on social media to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel. Find me first service. You got your mic on? I go, oh yeah. He goes, oh yeah, I forgot. You're not a rookie. <laughs> so, <laughs> God bless you. Uh, I'm, I'm super happy to be here. Um, let me just tell you a little bit about who I am. Um, I'm Kaya's dad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, you need more? I'm Naya's dad. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that should tell you quite a bit right there. So, uh, you know, Brian made mention uh, from that song about, you know, we sing about Jesus being magnified, and um, he's not the only one that gets visions. I do, too. I started, (laughs) I got this picture of this magnifying glass, but shining on me, yet I remember as a little kid, besides burning ants, (laughs) sorry, ant lovers, um, when you put that magnifying, you can poke it at whatever you want, and and then if you get it adjusted right, there could be something big, but you can focus it on something that looks small and make it huge. You know, sometimes we feel insignificant, don't we? Sometimes we we feel small, and when we magnify Jesus because He's in us, He's large, and. The neat thing is, we're connected. See, it's, it's not like Jesus is out here and we're shining a light on Him and we're over here just these little... No, no. He's in us. And He shines big out of us. And He has a, a super amazing plan. Um, that's not the message today, but I just thought of that and I listened to that song. And so, allow the Lord to be big in your life today. Um, but if you're taking notes today... Um, I just would ask, put this down for your title. Today is a day I got free. Because that's what the Lord has for us today. And I know some of you are thinking, I've been saved for a long time, I'm already free. I get that. But as long as I've been in ministry, I still find out today there's more freedom for me. Every day that I get closer to Him and look more to Him and die more to myself, I get more freedom. Every day, every year, there's more freedom in my life. And what I've found is, you know, we're going to look at some scriptures today, and obviously we talk about being free from sin, and we are free from sin, but um, are you free from sin today? Right. If you've, if you've accepted the Lord, we're free from sin. But let me ask you this. Are you free from you? See, we need to be free from us too. And I'm praying that today the Lord sets all of us free. Not so that we can do what we want. That's not the freedom I'm talking about. I'm talking about the freedom that we can do what He wants and do it freely. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Uh, thank you for everything you've already done. Thank you for the, uh, the, the uh, praise 
the worshipers that came and did a great job this morning and uh, helped us to enter into worship and with their voices and with the instruments. Thank you for them. And I pray a blessing over uh, them and their sacrifice uh, to worship, to lead us in worship today. And thank you for that. Father, as we worship you this morning, your Holy Spirit was invited here. So Holy Spirit, we do invite you here to do your work, to teach us, to talk to us, to change us. We submit ourselves to you. I submit myself to you, Holy Spirit, to accomplish your will today. In Jesus' name, amen. So really today, I, ho- I, I hope that you don't hear a word I say. Some of the wives are going, yeah, he never does. <laughs> you're, you're sitting pretty there. Here's what I hope. I hope you hear God speak to you today. You know, I can, I can come up with words. I can talk fancy. But that's not what changes our lives. When we hear God speak to us, it changes us. Because when God speaks to us, faith births in us. That's my prayer today that we hear God speak. So let's go to his word. Because when we hear his word, guess what? That's his voice. He'll speak to us with his word. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 at least. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Bible. It says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies, the wonderful deeds and virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want to take a look at this scripture and break it down so that we truly understand. But it starts off with a pretty strong statement because he's talking about you and I. But specifically, I want you to hear God speak to you. You are a chosen race. Sometimes we think about Christianity and God's love of, you know, God loves everybody, which he does. And sometimes when somebody loves everybody, it doesn't feel so personal because God loves everybody. And so you just think you're in this group. But here's the difference. You are a chosen race. See, here's what, here's what it is to be a chosen race. See, you have been selected by God. Specifically you. God chose you. He selected you. What? To worship Him. Because He's worthy to be worshipped. But He also chose you to fulfill His mission. See, God not only loves you, He has a plan for your life, and it fits you perfectly. His mission for you is what you really want to do. It's it's what's been put inside of you. But I want you to understand, you have been chosen by God to worship Him. And to fulfill his mission. Let's read it. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. It says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Absolutely none. For you are the temple of the living God, 
as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. I know it's a weird thought or a strange thinking because it just doesn't fit in with everything, but I want us today to have the freedom in ourselves that you can picture you. I'm the temple of God. I am the temple of God. God actually lives in me. He's inside of you. See, if we can start having the idea of who we really are and have the freedom that I'm the, I'm the holder of God because He's in me. See, we are a chosen race. And we think about, next it talked about being a royal priesthood. We think, I don't know what that means. <laughs> you, ever, you, ever read the, you ever read the Bible and you go, yeah, no clue. <laughs> mm, I, <laughs> this is what I do sometimes. Because do you ever get a plan that you want to read so much? And then you start reading and you kind of don't know what you're reading or you don't know how to pronounce them. So then you just make up words. Yeah, I do that. Just so you know. You're, you're normal. You know, because you, you just want to. But you know what? We, we really need to understand. So I'm thinking, if I'm a royal priesthood, what does that look like? So, you know, we think of, we think of royalty. And actually, that was my dad's name too. It was royal. How cool is that? Yeah. Then my name's Eric. <laughs> Whatever. But at least my dad, at least my dad had a cool name. My brother, my brother's name is Roy. That's kind of cool. I mean, that's pretty cool. But I'm Eric. So <laughs> but but we know what royalty is, right? We've seen them. We've seen royalty. But do we feel like royalty? Mm, that's them. No, no, no. I want to change us today. I want to change our thinking. That's us. Royalty. See, we have, the problem is we have like a misconception of what true royalty is. See, royalty, you know, is people with their noses in the air. Mm. And that's, that's, not, that's not what royalty is. See, what, what true royalty is, is people with their hands out. See, you've heard stories of the great kings, you know. And what is a, one of the greatest kings? What was his prayer? Father, help me to have the wisdom so I can lead the people. See, his hands, hands out to the people. See, that's royalty. That our hands would be out to people. What people? All people. Everybody. Not just the ones that love us. Not just the ones that look nice. Not just the ones that smell nice. Though they're just easier. <laughs> it's true. I've hugged both. It's easier when you smell nice and all that. It's great. Awesome. <laughs> but our hands have to be out. See, royalty has the freedom inside of them to put themselves out there for others. And we don't care if we get dirty because we're royalty. We clean up. We clean up. 
Let me read this. It's um, out of Hebrews. Oh, I, I missed that. Priesthood. Being priests. What an honor, right? What an honor to be able to serve God. Yeah. Unless you're in the Old Testament. Then that was rough. <laughs> oh, because you, you see, the priests were the only ones that could go into the Holy of Holies. And if you weren't prepared, you'd die. <laughs> they had a rope tied around you. Know, they, you guys didn't know that? <laughs> they had a rope tied around your leg. If you die, then they pull you out because nobody can go in there and get you. That's, <laughs> that's what that rope was. <laughs> still still want to be a priest? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> okay. Praise the Lord. We had one that died for us already. Oh, man. That, that makes a difference. Okay. He took the hit for me. Awesome. I'll do that. Yep. Yep. I can be a royal priest. Let's read Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. It says, We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Oh, I could preach on that for an hour. Okay, it's okay, I can? Okay. No, kid. <laughs> I'll get you out on time. Once and for all. Oh, my goodness. The offering of Jesus' body. Once and for all. And, what? and every priest stands ministering daily and offering uh, repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, which is Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. And we think about that. Are we free enough to be able to say that I'm being perfected? I'm being perfected. You know, it might not be perfect today, but I'm being perfected. He's doing it for me. See, sometimes we, we think of, you know, the, our walk with the Lord that we have to drag this cross. You know, we have to, we're going to be all bloody and beat up. No, he did that for us already. He, he did that. He paved the way. He might have walked on dirt paths, but he paved the way for us. We do have a cross to carry, but it's not like his. It's not like his. See, our cross is to do the will of God. But... Jesus is the one that paid the price. He paid the price. We don't have to. We're being perfected, but he's doing it in us. See, we don't realize what a blessed time we live in. Everybody thinks, well, I'd like to live back when Jesus was. It's like, really? No, you wouldn't. Well, maybe those of you that like camping and stuff. <laughs> I'm an indoor guy, by the way. I like, I like blacktop and malls. I like malls. I like shoe stores and stuff. I, I like that stuff. I'm not so much outdoorsy guy, but, you know, if you think you want to live back when Jesus lived, mm, they, didn't, they didn't have running water. Gross. <laughs> That'd be horrible. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Oh, my gosh. No, we live in a great time. We live in a great time. But we also live in a time where there's an enemy trying to steal your freedom. Trying to distort your idea of who you are. 
today, I want to change that. Even if you have a pretty good idea, I want you to have an exact idea of who you are. You're a priest to the service of God. That you're a consecrated nation. What does that mean? Consecrated nation. Hmm. You're dedicated to God. We're dedicated to Him. Because He's dedicated to us. You're set apart as being sacred. How many of you woke up this morning feeling that? Uh, yep, feeling pretty sacred this morning. <laughs> I looked in the mirror this morning and said, you're preaching? Ooh. Oh my God, I'm serious. It was like my hair was like, I'm glad I got a haircut because last week it was really crazy. I should have <laughs> took a picture. And head. No, I shouldn't have, sorry. Crazy. But seriously, you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror and go, ah, you're not, who are you? The problem is we live our day that way. See, we live our day because we know what we look like when we wake up in the morning. But we're looking at the outside and we're not seeing what God's doing on the inside where his power is, where his strength is, where our victory is. And then we picture ourselves as just being normal. Well, we're not normal. We're set aside. We're sacred. For what? Get this. For a special purpose. Me? Yeah. Yeah, you and me. A special purpose from God. Let me read this out of Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I exhort you, therefore, brothers, through the compassion of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is our reasonable service. We think, yeah, I knew you were going to get to that. <laughs> Make it hard again. No, 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 no. See, we, we picture it as... You know, battling this out with sin. No, no, there's no battle with sin. There's no battle with sin. What are you talking about? It's paid for. It's paid for. See, but we haven't been walking in the freedom of it. Right? I mean, if Jesus said we're free, we're free. And then we say, well, then how come I'm not? Then I would say, well, who says you're not? Is that you? Are you the one that says you're not? See, if we can start picturing ourselves who God says we are, we're going to find a freedom that we've never had before. And then, and then we can be that royal priesthood that can touch people because we don't feel dirty then. See, we won't say, well, who are they going to think we are? Right? Here's who they're going to say you are. Their minds are going to go, I can't believe I finally met somebody that really knows God. Because I see God in them and God changed them because I knew what they used to be like. And now look at them. Holy mackerel. That's who we are. And because that's who we are, that's how we need to start living. We need to live it. That's what makes the world crazy. People that say they love God and act like everybody else. That's a different note. <laughs> We're special people. I know that the word special is taking a big hit. I used to be special. Mm -hmm. But when we look at that word special, 
I mean, when we really mean special, how amazing is that? We're special people. When, if, can we grab this that when God looks at you, he's like, mm-hmm, that one there, special. Could you picture that you're special to God? See, we got to get out of this idea that we're all in this, this group and then God loves everybody even though he does. But God has a different thing about you. You know, he can be talking to a group, but then he looks at you and goes, yep. right there. So good. Boop, boop. Yeah, yeah. Special. Yeah. Special. Let's read Titus chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. See, here's the cool thing. Who's doing the purifying? He is. What do we do? We submit to him. We submit to him. How hard is it to submit to a God that has given you everything? But we've been listening to lies. We've been listening to lies that have kept us bound. The freedom that God has for us hasn't been able to get through the lie. So today we're going to demolish the lie. Or lies. Because we all have them. See where I'm at. I'm going to read that over tight. It's worth reading again. Um, Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. See, God is doing something in us called purification, not just so that he can polish you and put you on a shelf. Right. Right. Mm. That's been another problem with the church. We've polished ourselves and put us on a shelf. And said, look at me. Sorry, that hurts, but I'm telling you. When we need to let God polish us and go off the shelf and say, look at him. I mean, and it's not that, thank you, it's not that hard. How how hard is it to let God do the work and us walk in it? It's kind of like what fathers do with their sons, and that's, why we can call him father because we're his kids what does the father expect from a son or a daughter obedience but it's okay when the parents know what's best and for some reason the lie has gotten in that we know better than god and so the enemy takes that and twists it It says you can do what you want. There's a grace message that sets you free. So you can do what you want. But that goes through the filter of that lie that God doesn't have His best interest for you. And He does. And that's the truth. Scripture is full of it. Of God's love for His people. And His plan and His desire to be one with us. If you don't know that God's working in you, let me tell you, He is. He's working in you. He is working in you. The world does have a real problem with the church today. 
But the church has a problem with the world too, right? If we stop worrying about what the world thinks of us and start being what the world needs from us, we're going to see God do amazing things. We may even see the return of the Lord. See, when I, when I read about the return of the Lord, I look at the church. And it's a powerful church. Sometimes when we think of powerful, though, we think of like a bulldozer powerful. I'll tell you what the church looks like. Powerful with our hands out. You know? Not clanging cymbals, banging gongs. No, it's called love. See, if we're going to love the world, we have to have freedom working in us. We have to be free from us because we're called to love the world. If we don't love the world, we don't deserve to be called the church. And that's not in my notes. You know what we worry about? What will they say? I'm afraid. What will they say? I, I've been making a, a, an effort to meet strangers. I don't know. I, I, just, I think it's fun for one thing. Uh, <laughs> I, it just is, you know, because you just never know what's going to happen, you know. And if you, if you think, well, I never see anything cool happen. Uh, maybe you need to go meet a stranger because right. <laughs> cool, <laughs> cool stuff will start happening. That's why people say, well, I don't ever see miracles. And I think, well, when was the last time you prayed for somebody that needed one? Yeah. Sorry. But so, <laughs> so I, I talked to a few people this week, uh, asked them if they needed prayer. What could I pray for them about? You know what? I didn't have one of them go, would you leave me alone? Would you stop throwing all your religious garbage at me? Would you, who do you think you are? You know what they said? Thank you. They said, thank you. You know how that made me feel? Great. I felt great. It was no big deal. Well, it actually was a big deal. See, that's a lie from the enemy, isn't it? That's no big deal. No, it's a big deal. It's a big deal that you and I get out and meet people and start touching people and tell them, well, I don't know what to say. Say what you know. Do you know that God loves them? Tell them. Do, do you know how to pray? In Jesus' name, amen. Pray for them. Whatever they need, pray. Well, what if it doesn't happen? That's what stops people from praying, right? Isn't that... I mean, we'll just take a side note. we got 22 minutes. So... What stops us from praying for people? Because we're afraid our prayers won't work. Right? How many admit? Yep. I would pray. How many of you would start praying for more people if when you prayed it happened? Right? Somebody was in a wheelchair. Go pray for them. They hop up. Praise the Lord. Throw their wheelchair away and run home. That'd be awesome. I'll do that every day. Here's the, here's the deal. We're limited on our thinking and our eyes. Do you know God does things in order? And he always answers our prayers. Even if we pray wrong with the right heart, he'll, he answers our prayers. 
See, if Brian was some stranger that, and I wanted, and he had a, something wrong with his body, I want to just pray, God bless him. And then I walk away, yeah, still messed up. But what about inside? See, we, we fail to think. God knows what's most important. God does things in order. You know, um, and I'm not saying people don't get healed because I've seen so many people get healed. But here's what I'm saying. My, I'll try and make my points clearer. Don't worry about the results. You're not in charge of it. You're not in charge of it. But I guarantee you, you'll never see the results unless you step out and pray. You know? So be free to do that. Stop looking at the results. God's in charge of that. You do your job. Let God do His. And I guarantee you, He will do His job because He watches over His Word to perform that Word. See, God's calling you and I to a new kind of freedom. Seriously, we live in a great, great time. But it is freaky out there. It's freaky. Some of you boycotting, boycotting Target because they don't know which way's up. They, I'm just afraid to go there because I don't know where to go to the bathroom. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's, I, I, have, I have a problem that way. It's like, oh, no. Does that ever... You ever do that, going the wrong one sometimes? Oh, God, that's so bad. It's like, I, I, I remember I was at a wedding, and I went in the wrong one. I was like, where's the urinals? But maybe it's, oh, God, I'm in the wrong one. It's so scary. It's so scary, right? That's horrifying. And you run. You run out. Yeah, I did. But, I mean, I don't care if somebody identifies themselves as a Martian. Right? I don't care. But you know what I do need to care about? That I'm free enough to be willing to go to Mars and back. Because if I'm willing to go to Mars and back for somebody that identifies as a Martian, God's going to take that Martian and turn him into a child of God. And see, I'm not in charge of those results. But here's what I do know. I do know the result. I know the result because I've seen it over and over and over again. When you and I find freedom to be who God called us to be and we step out, God says, I haven't seen such great faith in all of this is Plainfield Town, Alpine Township. I haven't seen such great faith in your neighborhood. And then he does what he does because it's called faith. It allows him to do what he wants to do. We have to understand our freedom. I mean, this has been such an old saying, hurting people hurt people, right? Who cares? No, I don't mean it that way. I just mean it this way. We're not hurting. We're free. So how about us? Free people, free people. That's, that's, that's what we need to start doing. Why are we focusing on what, what hurting people do? Let's help them. Let's help them. I'll find both of them because if that hurting person hurt that person, let me get there because I'm a free person, so I'm going to set them both free. Because free people set people free. That's what happens. But we have to be free to picture ourselves the way God has 
perfecting us in what he's doing. Let me read this. In John chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you're free indeed. See, aren't we free? Didn't Jesus set us free? So then let's be free. Why are we spending so much time on sin when we're free from it? See, it's just a trick from the enemy. It's a trick from the enemy that wants you to feel like you're bound by sin when you're really free. When elephants are little, they wrap a big chain around their leg. And it stops them from going so far. But later on, they do it with a little rope that the elephant could just kick and break. But that thing has bound him. Sometimes the things that bind us are big chains. But I'm telling you, Jesus is the one that breaks our chains. But I'm telling you another thing. He's also the one that breaks the strings. Because the enemy doesn't care whether it's a chain or a string that's stopping you. It works the same for him. But I'm telling you, we're free. Jesus set us free. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession. So that why? We, mo- we can proclaim the excellencies and the wonderful deeds and the virtues and the perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We have time for a story. You guys want to hear a story? You're going you're to want to hear this. You ever hear a pastor say, I'm going to tell you a true story? You know why they say that? Because sometimes they lie. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. This is, you, get, you get up here and it's like, I can just lie because they're going to, no. Here's what happens. It's not really a lie. What I'm telling you, that, because I'm going to tell you a true story. I mean, how many storytellers do we have here? We, a lot of people are storytellers, you know. You know, I'm 60 years old now, believe it or not, yeah, thank you. Um, anyways, uh, so um, the older you get, the stories get better. I'm telling you, how many have a grandpa? Oh man, he tells he tells the best stories. Tell that one again, grandpa, and he tells you that one. You go, I don't remember that because it gets better. (laughs) They just do. But so the reason I tell you, I'm telling you a true story. I'm not going to stretch this one. I'm telling you, this story is the truth. And I was I was debating on whether I was going to tell you whether it's me or some little boy or whatever. It is actually me. So I'm telling you a story about me. It was 1966. Some of you are going, what? there was people back then? It's like, yeah, 1966, there was, there was people back then. They were, they were different. They were different back then, but they were still people. Does anybody know who the president was? I forgot. I was only six. I know Eisenhower was before that, so it was Eisenhower then uh, Jackson. Jackson, no, then Nixon was later, and then I think it went to Clinton or something, somewhere in there. But anyway, it was, a lo- it was a long time ago, and yes, there was people, we had cars, we didn't ride dinosaurs, and, that, and we had balls, and one of my favorite balls was a football. But back in 1966, is way different than today. So we had moms and dads, and... <laughs> 
God, did I say that? I, I, just, I just meant that. What I, what I meant to say was I had a mom and a dad. That's all I meant. I didn't mean it. I just meant I had a mom and a dad. But here's what they did. When you woke up in the morning, they fed you breakfast and they said, get out. Today, could you imagine saying that to a kid today? Eat your breakfast and get out. They'd be, where? Where, where are we going? And back in 66, it was just, we knew we're outside where all the animals are. You know, you're, you're your mom and dad's little filthy animal. Get out. Go. Seriously. I mean, even dogs back then, dogs were outside. Very few people had dogs inside. It's like people started bringing dogs in. It was like weird. What are you bringing an animal in your house? Well, we love him. You don't love me. You're making me get outside. Anyways, okay. God, stop, Eric. I got to tell you this story. I haven't even started this story. <laughs> I got to take a drink of water. God bless you. Is anybody cooking chicken? Or is chicken on the grill already? Good. I'll get you out. Here's the thing. It's 1966. I, we went outside. I played with a football. I mean, I had tons of problems as a little kid. Started when I was four years old. Just anxiety like crazy. I had a, 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 a I don't know what I had. I, I couldn't read. Of course, at six you kind of can't. But I never, I didn't, I never could read. But um, and I couldn't speak. My brother was my interpreter. Uh, my mom and dad would say, "What did he say?" And my brother would kind of tell him kind of what I said. It was bad, and and because of all that, it was rough. But so I went outside and I would play with the football for hours and hours and hours. I would be both teams. I'd be the, I'd be, I'd throw the ball. I'd catch the ball. I'd run. I'd score touchdowns. I would win every game. Um, sometimes I would tackle myself, but most time I couldn't catch myself because I was fast. But I'm telling you, that's a true story. I would play for hours and hours. I would throw the ball. And so it was 1966, and uh, we, back then we called it rocket football. Um, maybe it's still rocket football or peewee football or whatever, but it, it starts when you're seven and eight years old. So it's, it starts with seven and eight, and I was six years old. And not that my dad wanted to get rid of me, but he did. And so he did, and he loved me so much, kind of. And then so um, he called the coach and said, hey, uh, Eric would like to play football. Um, and coach said, yeah, I'd love to have him. How old is he? Well, he's six. And it's like, you know the difference between a six-year-old and an eight-year-old? It's like, it's like light years away. But, so, uh, but the coach asked my dad, well, is he any good? And my dad said, yeah, he's pretty good. And so coach said, well, we'll give him a chance. And so then the coach asked my dad, well, what position does he want to play? And my dad said, well, quarterback. And that's like a big, we got problems now. If you guys don't know anything about rocket football, the coach's son is the quarterback. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if he has three fingers. He's a quarterback. It doesn't matter. That's the only reason you're a rocket football coach so that your son can be the quarterback. There is, there's no other reason for it. There, you would never, ever be the coach and say, yeah, my son is the right tackle. Where's your son? The right tackle. No, that wouldn't happen. And so after a few games, this little six-year-old who played football by himself was on a team and became the quarterback because he could throw a ball. I'm telling you, when I was a little kid, 
don't even, don't try me. I can't even get the ball to you right now. It's like, I don't know what happened to my shoulder, but something. But when I was a little kid, I could throw a football. I remember this one game that there was two or three guys coming at me, and the guy was way down there, and I launched it, and he caught it, and it was a touchdown. And here's what I heard. I heard the crowd. There wasn't a big crowd, but all the parents were like, whoa. Because this is a six-year-old launching a football. And for the first time in my life, as a tormented little kid, I heard somebody say, he's special. For the first time. Maybe today is your first time hearing the Spirit of God say to you, you're special. You are special. And don't let anybody take that away from you. You're special. Now i got to find where I'm at. <laughs> We're called to be that people. But we have to be free. We have to be free enough to let God work in us, to push those lies away. Let me read this. This is in Luke chapter 4, but it comes from Isaiah chapter 61. So this was when um, Jesus went to the synagogue and he grabbed the scripture and he read from the prophet Isaiah. And the account is in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And it says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And that's what Jesus did. And that's what he still does when you and I will be free enough to let him who's inside of us come out of us. But it's our mouths, it's our lips, our voice. See, you and I are the ones now that are called to set people free. Why? Because free people, free people. Freedom came with a huge price. I mean, when you think of the account of what Jesus paid for, for you and I, and you think about it, he didn't do it because he had to. He didn't have to. Sometimes we think, oh, he had to, that was his job. He didn't have to. But why did he? Why, why did he? Because he loves you and me. Because he loves us. He loves us that much that he sacrificed himself so that you and I could be free. That's why it breaks his heart when he sees his kids bound by lies. See, we're free from sin, but we haven't been free from ourselves. We've had ideas of who we are because of our past and haven't allowed the Spirit of God to speak the truth to us. He's always speaking. Sometimes... 
It's hard for us, though, if we choose to listen to the lies, we can't hear the truth in the Spirit. But it's in you. It's in you. It's in me. Jesus paid a huge price. The Apostle Paul had such a revelation of that. He had such a revelation, I'm sure they had arguments. I'm sure his friends said, Paul's crazy. Because he said in Galatians 2.20, he said, guys, let me tell you this revelation that I got. This is so amazing. This is so awesome. You're not going to believe this, but I want you to because it's the truth. So Paul's telling his friends, he says, he says I was crucified with Christ. And they're like, what? you're out of your mind. There was three there. But Jesus was on the center, and there was two robbers on the side. You weren't there. And he goes, no, no, no. No, no, no. Get this. I was crucified with him. What? They're like, what are you talking about? He says, yeah, I was crucified with him. And he said, get this. This is even cooler. He says, it's no longer I who lives. It's like, somebody get the white suit. Because this, this guy's absolutely losing it. I mean, seriously, he's out of his mind. He's totally lost it. Guy who lives. And then for the greatest punchline ever, he says, because it's Christ who lives in me. That's the life I live now. I live by my faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. And then light bulbs came on. And I'm hoping today that light bulbs are coming on because you were crucified with Christ. And it's no longer you who lives, but it's Christ who lives in you. In the life we live now, is that faith in Him, Jesus, the Son of God, because He died and gave Himself for us. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen and eighteen. You know this. I'm going to read it because I love it so much. It says, "Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation." this the old things have passed away and behold all things have become new how many think that sounds like a big fat lie in my life right it does right all things have become new it's like mm, I'm not feeling it you know why here's why ready you're sitting down here Everybody says, oh, the devil sucks. He does. He's not good at anything. He is. He's great. He's the best stupid liar. He has a way of lying to us that intermingles a little bit of truth that goes, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I'm telling you, what makes sense is the Scripture. Says, I'm a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And now all things are of God, who's reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ. Oh my gosh. How exciting. What an exciting time to live that we can understand that it's Christ in us, our hope of glory. That inside of us 
is a new species. If you ever hear somebody say, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, ask them this. Would you like to get saved? <laughs> because I'm telling you, and I don't mean that disrespectful, I get that, but maybe don't say it that way. But explain, you know what, we're, we're not, because that's not what Scripture says. The enemy lies and he twists. And if he can keep us bound, we're not going to do this next part. What is this next part? So important. And I'm going to close with this. Because God has given you and I something that is so important that he can't do without you and me. He can't do it without you and me because he already gave it to us. Seeing God's not somebody that gives and takes away. When God gives you something, he says, it's yours. It's yours. And it's so important. And when you think about this, how God feels about you, he gave you and I the most important thing. And I'm not talking about Jesus. He gave you and I the most important thing. Dearest to his heart, called the ministry of reconciliation. That it's our job to reconcile the world to God. He gave it to us. That's why I said earlier, we have to be willing to go to Mars and back. Because God would. God would, but He can't. You know why? Because He gave that to us. And the devil has stopped us because of lies. And today, we're free. Today, let's take the words that we heard from Scripture and say, those are me. That's me. When the lies come at you, call them what they are. Mm, I'm not going to believe a lie. I'm a new creation. The old things have passed away. It's new. I'm free from sin. I didn't do this first service, but I feel real strong about this. And I don't want it to get weird, even though I'm weird, but I don't want it to get weird. And I know this is hard, but if you've been struggling with a sin in your life, you know, I like doing this, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God has freedom for you. God has freedom. What does it say? What does Scripture say? There's no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. But I know what happens. Sin becomes a lie to us and it seems like it's so real there's no way of escape. When you're really just like that little rope on that elephant's foot, you just bust it and walk out of it. That's all it is. Because you're already free. You just didn't know it. I'm going to do it this way. I'm just going to pray for everybody. If you've been struggling with this, here's what I'm going to say today. Let the truth set you free. Let, the, let, God, let God set you free from that. My gosh, He loves you so much. He has a plan. Bust that string that's been holding you back because that's all it is. It's not even a chain. Just bust it. I'm going to pray for you. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that your word today setting us free, that your word today is truth to us and we'll call your word the truth and everything else a lie. So I claim freedom for every person that's been struggling with sin, addiction, 
in Jesus' name broken because it's a lie. You're a child of God. I pray God's blessing and His favor to you. Some of you are saying, I read the Bible, but I don't understand it. I pray that your eyes would be open and your ears would be open to the Spirit of God, that He would give you, grant you understanding of His Word by His Spirit that's in you. I pray for marriages today. You say, well, my marriage isn't that bad. You know what? God has a special plan and purpose for your marriage. Today, I pray healing in marriages that husbands and wives would learn to communicate, that husbands and wives would learn to forgive and move forward and walk in the truth. I pray God's grace and blessing on you. If you have never invited Jesus to be your Lord or your Savior, maybe you're on the internet watching and you say, I don't know if you're crazy, but there's some truth there. I'm telling you, Jesus loves you and he wants you to be set free. And he set you free by dying on the cross. And all he's saying is, let me be your Lord. Let me be your Savior. You can trust me. Pray this prayer together. There may be some here in this room, but for sure on the internet. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I know Jesus died on the cross. I just didn't think I was worth it. But it's a free gift. I understand that. So, Jesus, I accept your free gift. Can we give it up for Pastor Eric today? That was an in-season word for our church. Thank you for blessing us with that. That was, that was awesome. Hey, if you made that decision today, we're proud of you. Like Pastor Eric said, come to the front. We're going to have prayer partners down or go to guest services. Let somebody know because we want to give you next steps. We want to talk to you about the decision you just made. Uh, before we pray and we send you out to the rest of your week, I do just have a couple of announcements for you. Uh, and before we jump into that, church, can we praise God just for a moment for the 15 people who followed Jesus into water baptism last weekend? An incredible step of obedience to Christ. Uh, and then with baptisms, you can see we left the whole thing out because we're going to be doing it again in just a couple weeks. And so, uh, oh, by the way, if if you were wondering, the vision of this church is to be a place where the waters of baptism never run dry, where we are, we're baptizing people every single week. And so April 11th is baptisms. And if you're in here and God is leading you to be water baptized, 
I just encourage you, it's, it's one of the best choices you'll ever make. And, and we follow Jesus into water baptism. We say, uh, really, water baptism is an outward expression of that inward decision we made to follow God. And so April 11th is baptisms. Also, if you're in the room today and, and God was working on your heart about having those willing and able hands towards the community reaching people. We have a couple of outreaches that you can sign up at guest services today. There's going to be more outreaches coming down the pipeline, but there's two that you can sign up for today. And and so there's that. And then also uh, engagement two of New Chapel Connect is today, 15 minutes after we dismiss. Uh, If you want to partner with the church, and you've already gone through partnership one, stay after. We're going to have Jimmy John's child care, everything. We'll make it easy on you. And so stay after and connect with us. Would you all stand to your feet, everybody? I want to pray for you as you get out to the rest of your week. One more time, can we honor Pastor Eric today? How incredible was that? And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And as you go, have an awesome week, New Chapel. We hope that you were encouraged and brought closer to God during this message. You can listen to any of our past messages and series either on this podcast or on newchapel.com watch. And be sure to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel.